It was the football version of Love at First Sight, and it really should serve as a reminder for everyone, as it does for me, as to how special Minka Fitzpatrick really should be in his NFL career. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. It's Minka week around here. The Steelers got their biggest signing out of the way first a couple days ago, and yesterday Minka came out to meet with reporters on the South Side, and he had plenty to say, most of it being the sort of thing that you'd expect, how the team came first and foremost in his decision, his love uh, of the Steelers, of the management, coaching staff, his teammates, and everything else. The part that jumped out at me was when the subject came up of his debut with the Steelers. The date was September 22, 2019. It was in Santa Clara, California, which, by the way, is nowhere near San Francisco. Just had to throw that in. The new home of the 49ers, which is way down by San Jose. And the Steelers were playing their first game without Ben Roethlisberger, and it was going to be Mason Rudolph against the awesome Niners defense that ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. And Minka, who'd been acquired for a first-round pick, Earlier that same week, and only had a couple of practices, went out there and had an interception, a pass defensed, and a forced fumble, and so much more. Just to see him make plays, sniff out sequences, and to know that it was all really just instinctual. There's no way he could have picked up any meaningful percentage of the Steelers' defense over the course of a couple of days. It made you think he was like magic or something. Here's what Minka had to say about that yesterday. I think I evolved a lot. Um, my first game uh, in well, as a Steeler in San Francisco was my first time really playing full-time free safety. Um, my first two games in Miami, I was kind of moving around a little bit and that was really the only time I played free safety before in the league. Uh, I played a few games, uh, like four games in college. Um, but I think from that time now, I've, I've learned the type of player that I that I am. You know what I'm saying? I learned my strengths. I learned my weaknesses. I know what I need to work on. I know uh, what I'm good at. And I feel like just being able to form uh, my identity um, has really helped me. Uh, evolve into the player that I am today. And I'm still learning, still adapting, still growing, still trying to find new ways to, to get better and improve. Uh, but I think um, I'm, a, I'm a totally different player than I, than I was uh, a few years ago when I first got here. Yeah, he's gotten a whole lot better. He's gotten more complete. He's gotten, in his own way, more dynamic. And he's gotten, no way I'm leaving this out, a lot tougher. Anyone remember, and you'll have to think back to this, when the criticism of Minka, whether it was when he was with the Dolphins or in college, was that he wasn't all that crazy about physical contact, that he wasn't necessarily the best tackler. Well, 2021 wasn't a great year for the Steelers' defense. In particular, the line 
and the inside linebackers. But it was Minka, to a large extent, along with his fellow safety Terrell Edmonds, who were moved up to the line of scrimmage and told, listen, we got no other solutions here. You guys have to come up and tackle people. Because otherwise, every game, every game is going to be like Minneapolis. And he did that without any known complaint, without any hesitation, and without any drop-off in performance, meaning he was just as good at tackling as he was at what you'd been asking him to do previously. And in the process, I really should throw this in as well, he sacrificed takeaways. He sacrificed that whole wait and see and read the play and bounce off that guy and move this teammate over here to funnel that guy in my direction to see if I can pick off this pass based on something that I've been spotting all day long. All of that was out the window. He became basically just another linebacker in a contract year where he had to have at least believed, even if just to himself, that this was going to cost him a lot of money. Kept playing, kept doing what he was asked to do, eventually got paid. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. But see, here's where the Minka conversation gets way more intriguing. And that's what his real ceiling is. Because if you go back to 2019, the season I was just referencing, you count up the fact that he had a handful of interceptions in his first handful of games for the Steelers, that he was all over the football, had a 96-yard pick six. He looked like a baby-faced version of Rod Woodson. He looked like a guy that not only was he going to have his hands on the football all the time, but he was going to be able to do things once he got those hands on that football. And that takes me back again to that day in Santa Clara because that player that I was watching out there, yeah, he was having a great day. He was having a spontaneous show of brilliance, but he looked and here's the word, special. He looked like Woodson. He looked like players that you see in any sport where as you're watching them, you're aware that they're better than the players who are around them or the players that you're used to seeing. You expect to see exceptional things. I can't count as good as the Steelers have been for the better part of my life, more than a dozen times in my career where I've covered someone and said, whoa, that's special, and just had it jump up at me. In other words, I wouldn't have that reaction to T.J. Watt in you know years two or three of his NFL career, but I did in the first couple of games. I did when I saw him just flinging people aside and showing a motor that no one else came close to having out there. And I had it with Minka. 
out there that day. And boy, he sure didn't let me down over the following few weeks either. I don't know how much better the defensive line is going to be than last season. I'd still like Omar Khan to go get somebody. I do know that the inside linebacker should be better if only because Miles Jack is a much, much better player than Joe Schobert. Ideally, Devin Bush steps up as well in his second year off of knee surgery. But man, I'd also like to see the stage set in front of Minka for him to get back to those takeaways. He only had two interceptions last year. Because if that can happen, then it won't just be the player who has a chance to be special. When we come back, J1Q. for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly and George, LGKG they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers comp and medical malpractice claims the attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers capital S, capital L for the past 15 years and yes that is a real thing, the super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Thomas Babylon, who says, DK, the extension for Minka was a great first move for Omar Khan. However, I'm still hoping that the Steelers go get a proven veteran defensive end to replace Stefan Tuitt, of course, getting a more legitimate backup running back would be good as well and I'm all in on keeping Chris Boswell around as well but what about Deontay Thomas every time I bring up Deontay Johnson or in this case somebody else brings him up I feel like I have to step back and first read the stats off you know that he was 10th in the NFL in receiving that he was 8th in the league in yards after the catch among receivers. He did a lot of good things last year. He's done a lot of good things ever since he got here from Toledo. He's been everything that the late Daryl Drake had told us that night that he was selected that he should have been. An outstanding route runner, a crisp route runner, someone who is mostly sure-handed, but is also versatile enough to be able to stretch the field in addition to catching the short passes. So I'm not here to knock Deontay. I'm also not here to suggest he should be one of these people on this list in line for an extension. My feeling is that the remainder of this money, however much it happens to be, none of us ever has the exact dollar amount, should go to Boswell. And for anyone who doesn't know, Bos's contract, his four-year contract, worth $16 million and change, is up after the coming season. Don't want to risk losing him to free agency. You want to get him done now. And then there's the defensive end thing, which is a lot more complicated because you're either paying the last remainders 
of the free agency class at the position. There are some names there, but it's not something where you'd go, wow, I can't believe that guy's still sitting there. Give him whatever he wants. There's not a situation like that. Even the Damakong Sioux no longer would apply to that category. And yet I'd still rather see the defensive line get shored up as much as possible, in part because of what I've mentioned in the opening segment. I'd love to see the rest of this defense's stars, including Minka, be able to do what they do best instead of worrying about compensating for a leaky interior. And let's remember that it wasn't just Minka and Terrell who were forced to adapt. T.J. Watt, the defensive player of the year, was asked to do more toward run defense. You can't do that. That's chopping off your own greatest strength. It makes no sense. Figure out how to sign Boz. Figure out how to get a defensive end. If there's anything left over, if there's any room for discussion, go ahead and talk to Deontay, but I'm not seeing that happening, and I really believe that there are so many wide receivers available in every draft class anymore that you can just commit to getting another receiver in a high round next season. Oh, and in the interim, hope that George Pickens becomes everything that you're hoping for. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these on Monday. Have a great weekend.